The Beatles are a pretty nice band, and we've got a lot to say. The Beatles are a pretty nice band, talk about them day after day. But we also love the outfit a lot, so are these songs better than your love? The Beatles are a pretty nice band, someday we'll judge if they're fine, oh yeah. Someday we'll judge if they're fine. Helter Skelter. I got blisters on my fingers. So, Paul, what did a writer perform the rockinest rock and roller that's ever rocked? I don't know if he quite got there, but even as of November 1968. My problem with Helter Skelter is it sounds like Paul trying to be a mimic instead of an original thing with clear influences. But, you know, beat us and it's a rollicking good time of a mimicry. Uh, Hootenanny, if one might say. Sure. Uh, my favorite part might be Paul's bass. Uh, I wish John sang this song, but obviously that wasn't going to happen if Paul wrote it by then. And really, I'm just happy for Ringo here. You know, he's getting the drum on this lunacy. He's been having a rough go of it lately. His yeah. stomach. <laughs> <laughs> I hated the food. <laughs> I thought of a good line for the for the last episode. It was, uh, uh, my stomach can find no peace, and I don't love it. <laughs> no peace, anyway, no love. No peace, no love in this tum tum. Uh, yeah. Anyway, Paul famously loves a prompt, right? And you know what? Yeah, is it a mimicry for sure? Uh, but I love what he goes for here. It's like, if this is going to be the mimicry, at least it's this. Uh, he's reaching to like to shred some vocal cords, some eardrums, and apparently Ringo's hands. It's just, it's a really good time of a listen. Albeit the awfulness that, you know, I don't know if we have to get into so much, but, you know, everyone knows. But I don't know. It's a, it's a great song. I wish that when I saw Paul live, he did this one. I was really hoping for it. But I know he st- still kind of does it a-, a little bit, so at least there's that. Paul McCartney's Selter Skelter was an attempt to create a rock and roll song as loud and dirty as possible. It later became one of the Beatles' most notorious songs after <sighs> Charles Manson interpreted it as a symbol for Armageddon. Uh-huh. Sure. Sure, Charles. This guy. The sound, which had been described as a prototype for 1970s heavy metal sounds, was an attempt to outdo The Who. In an interview, Pete Townsend had described their single, I Can See for Miles, as the group's most extreme sound to date. Paul said in Anthology, he was in Scotland, and I read in Belly Baker that Pete Townsend had said, we've just made the raunchiest, loudest, most ridiculous rock and roll record you've ever heard. I never actually found out what track it was that The Who had made, but that got me going. Just hearing him talk about it. So I said to the guys, I think we should do a song like that. Something real, really wild. And I wrote Helter Skelter. Raunchiest rock and roll song ever? Hold my beer. Mate, you can hear the voices cracking, and we played it so long and so often that by the end of it, you could hear Ringo saying, I've got blisters on my fingers. We just try to get it louder. Can we make the drums sound louder? That was really all I wanted to do, to make a very loud, raunchy rock and roll record with the Beatles. And I think it's a pretty good one. However, on November 20th, 1968, two days before the release of the White Album, McCartney gave Radio Luxembourg an exclusive interview 
in which he commented on several of the album's songs. Speaking of Helter Skelter, he said, I'd read a review of a record which said, and this group really got us wild. There's echo on everything. They're screaming their heads off. And I just remember thinking, oh, it'd be great to do one. Pity they've done it. Must be great. Really screamy record. And then I heard their record, and it was quite straight. And it was very sort of sophisticated. It wasn't rough and screaming and tape echo at all. So I thought, oh, well, we'll do one like that then. So he should have who, uh, it turns out. But he probably yeah. didn't tell the whole story each time. But we figured it out. You did it, Roger. You did it. Yes. Helter Skelter referred to a fairground ride, mainly popular in Britain, in which people could climb the inside of a wooden tower and slide down a spiral ride on the outside. Yeah, I didn't know. Round the outside. Round the outside. Meet me outside. I didn't know what a Helter Skelter was until this song. I'll admit to that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure a lot of Americans didn't know either. And. Charles Manson cl- definitely did. Clearly, ch- yeah, I was about to say. <laughs> Chucky. If only Wikipedia had existed back then for Charles Manson. Paul Ayer said the song was a response to critics who accused him of writing only sentimental ballads and being the sappy one of the band. <coughs> John. Yeah. yeah. The, uh, yeah. The guy who wrote silly love songs. What's uh, wrong with that? There's nothing wrong with that. Like several Beatles songs from this time, Helter Skelter was partly influenced by the writings of Lewis Carroll. The verses are based on the Mock Turtle song from Alice in Wonderland. Will you, won't you, will you, won't you, will you join the dance? Will you, won't you, will you, won't you, won't you join the dance? He loves me, he loves me not. Paul said in his lyrics book, John and I both adore Lewis Carroll. We often quoted him. Lines like, she's coming down fast, have a sexual component. Perhaps a little drug component, too. A little darker. <gasps> the Beatles' first attempt to record Helter Skelter took place on July 18, 1968. They recorded three takes, lasting 10 minutes and 40 seconds, 12 minutes and 35 seconds, and 27 minutes and 11 seconds, respectively. The last was the longest recording in the group's career. And it ended up take two, lasting 4 minutes and 38 seconds, was included on Anthology 3 in 1996. The full version was released in 2018 on the Super Deluxe 50th Anniversary reissue of the White Album. Give us the 2711 version. Come on. More slow jam than serious recording. The early takes were blues-based and lacked the volume and power of the final version. They also featured Paul McCartney occasionally singing Hell for Leather instead of the title. This is a very nice session for Phil McCarty's desire to create a rock and roll maelstrom. Producer Chris Thomas later recalled George Harrison setting fire to an ashtray and running around the studio with it above his head in an impression of singer Arthur Brown while McCarty was recording his vocals. Arthur Brown, of course, sang fire. Ringo Starr recalled Helder Skelter was a track we did in Tunnel Madness and Hysterics in the studio. Sometimes you just had to shake out the jams. But you had to kick out Jones, motherfucker. But okay. The best attempt was the final one, Take 21. It featured John on bass and saxophone. The Beatles' assistant, Mal Evans, on trumpet, two lead guitars, drums, piano, more bass guitar, bagging vocals, and McCartney's suitably raucous lead vocals. 
The mono mix done on September 17th lasted 3 minutes and 36 seconds. The stereo features a full fade out. Then the song returns and lasts until 4 minutes and 29 seconds. Only the stereo version contains Star's Shout at the end. In March 2005, Q Magazine ranked Helter Skelter at number 5 in its list of the 100 greatest guitar tracks ever. The song appeared at number 52 in Rolling Stone's 2010 list of the 100 greatest Beatles songs. In 2018, Kerrang! selected it as one of the 50 most evil songs ever due to its association with the Manson family members. I went to, I think I looked up, I tried to look up that article and couldn't find it. Yeah, I'd be uh, curious what the number one most evil song is. Evil song! Since the producers of the 1976 film Helter Skelter were denied permission to use the Beatles recording, the song was re-recorded for the soundtrack by the band Silver Spoon. Susie and the Banshees included a cover of Helter Skelter in live shows from mid-1977 and recorded as a Peel session in 1978 before releasing a version later that year produced by Steve Wildewhite on their debut album, The Scream. In 1983, Motley Crue included the song on their own Shout at the Devil. In 1988, a U2 recording was used as the opening track on their album Rattle and Hum. The song was recorded live at the McNichol Sports Arena in Denver, Colorado on November 8, 1987. Introducing the song, Bono said, This is a song Charles Manson stole for the Beatles. We're stealing it back. Aerosmith included a cover of Helter Skelter, recorded in 1975 under 1991 compilation Pandora's Box. Aerosmith's version charted at number 21 on the album Rock Tracks chart in the United States. I just wanted to praise your d- diligence on the facts there. You, you didn't miss a thing. Fuck off. Helter Skelter has been covered by many other artists, including Pat Benatar, Val Wow, Husker Du, Diane Hetterington, and Thrice. Shock rock artist Rob Zombie collaborated with Marilyn Manson, boo, uh-huh. on a cover of Helter Skelter, which was released in 2018 to re- promote their co-headlining Twins of Evil, The Second Coming Tour. Their version peaked at number nine on Billboard's Hard Rock Digital Songs. At the 53rd Grammy Awards in 2011, the version of the song from McCartney's live album, Good Evening, New York City, recorded during the Summer Live 09 tour, won in the category of Best Solo Rock Vocal Performance. It was Paul McCartney's first solo Grammy Award since he won for arranging Uncle Albert Admiral Halsey in 1972. I guess no good rock songs came out in 2000, <laughs> in 2011 that no. we need to, to, to do the, the City Field concerts from Paul McCartney. Rock is dead. I guess so. Not Paul, but Rock. McCartney opened his set at twelve twelve twelve. the concert for Sandy Relief with the song. Interesting choice. That. On July 13th, 2019, the final date of his Freshen Up tour, McCartney performed Helder Skelter at Dodger Stadium in L.A. with Star playing drums. Mm-hmm. Love Count won. There's actually Odd. one version of Love. Fun Josie Scale, I give the song a yeah. Yeah, for me as well. I've got yeahs on my fingers. Yeah? What does that mean? I don't know. Why did I say that? That's weird. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. The Beatles are a pretty nice band. Talk about them day after day. But we also love the outfit a lot. So are these songs better than your love? The Beatles are a pretty nice band. Someday we'll judge if they're fine. Oh, yeah. Someday we'll judge if they're fine.